Hey guys, happy Sunday. Um, welcome back to The Real Raw Real. It's your host, Stephanie. <laughs> Introduce me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Hey, I like Yolanda. And today we are going to be taking a deep dive into the world of Miss Brandy Shane. Yeah. We're going to get to know a little bit about her story. And just kind of vibe her a little bit. Yes. How you feeling, girl? You in the hot seat today? <laughs> no, it's a little toasty, too. No, I'm kidding. Um, feeling good. I'm feeling good. Got my yoga in. Had breakfast. I'm chilling. I'm ready. What about y'all? That's, that's, I mean, that sounds so awesome. I feel so unproductive. I feel like my day just getting started. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I got. I mean, you are in a different time zone, so yes, yes, have more leeway than we do. Because that uh, that daylight savings sure did mess me up this morning. Like, what's happening? I was like, okay, so go to bed early tonight. Got it? Because tomorrow will be a, I'll be a wreck. Right. All right, girl. Let us dive in. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I deemed you the Phoenix, right? Yeah, but I don't know if it's stuck. I don't know if it's stuck. We're going to find out. But I must say, as literal as the Phoenix is and how it is to your story, I feel like by the end of the season, Miss IFBB Pro. <laughs> when you took that stage, you definitely became the Phoenix. <laughs> just overall, like, just thinking about the name itself and what it, it represents, how do you feel about that when thinking of yourself? Um, That's actually a really good question that I have not thought about. Because I do remember you mentioning that a couple of times. Yep, got me, girl. I'm normally, like, prepared. All right, throw anything at me. Caught an audible on this one. So. <laughs> um, so the phoenix is, you know, from my understanding, somebody just rises from the ashes or maybe from chaos or, you know, destruction or what have you. At least that's my understanding. Are we on the same page at least on that? Before I answer Okay. <laughs> so um, when you say that, I guess I could see how that that can ring true for me. Um, started in 2018 and I've gone through several national shows and attempt to get the pro card and, you know, always missing it by like a, a lot or a little bit. And then to just completely leave the scene and come back um the way that I did I think is I think it speaks to that it speaks to the determination of you know becoming or you know being unstoppable in terms of me to myself you know not letting myself get bogged down by the times that it didn't work but just continuing to be determined to rise above all of the perceived failures I guess you can say and uh, and rise above the fray. But I think y'all are both very instrumental in that. Like even 
that final show at nationals I still say I don't really know who that girl was like it was literally like an out-of-body experience but I know that just having talked to you about posing and presence and then even watching you Yolanda at your show and stuff like that um and watching you pose seeing your videos and all that you're like look at the judges make sure you look at the judges when you came to my Sacramento show and I'm like that's weird (laughs) um but it came so natural like all of the things finally clicked at nationals you know um having Steph there just having somebody that's just like that peaceful balance because we know Steph is like the most laid back person you know don't be upset though (laughs) don't be be the woman on the plane we'll hear about that another time but back to (laughs) until you wake the sleeping giant for sure but yeah just having her there um to kind of balance out all the chaos you know having you know what i know from what i've learned just watching you and listening to you when you were at my show and all of the things that really helped to kind of bring it all together so I definitely think it was a team effort for sure, but I appreciate the reference. I mean, girl, watching you on the stage that day from the TV, <laughs> like something just burst out. I could say I saw all the fire around you and all in you exploding out. Like, I honestly look, I'm like, Sacramento? <laughs> That's I was like, who is that? That's her. She is on fire. She's ready. There is the phoenix that has been waiting to to let herself out. It was just so amazing. I could be like, I know I said look at the judges, but girl, I thought you was looking at me through that screen. I'm <laughs> like, yes, we're here. We're here. Get it, <laughs> It was just amazing. I was like exploding inside with all like overjoyed, just just watching all of that energy and. I'm telling you, like, keep that fire burning so bright. Keep, I don't know what I got to do. Like, keep pouring. <laughs> yeah, keep going the gasoline. That step going to be putting the wood. I'm be putting the gasoline. Lighting <laughs> that flame. Whatever it is, just, like, going into the future. Take all of that with you. Keep it and just keep on folding into that, that phoenix for sure. I'm sorry. We started off with a bang. <laughs> we probably should dial it back <laughs> We going into the future. We ain't even getting from like where you started. <laughs> I'm good. We're good. Oh, yeah, but Uta. <laughs> so being the newbie around, Steph has known you for a while. You've known Steph for a while. I feel like I'm literally just learning so many things about you guys. So in this case, I'm like, where did it really all start for you? Where did it stem from? What even made you want to dive into competing? Um, So I've been an athlete all my life. Um, I did volleyball, basketball, and track from sixth grade to 12th grade. I went to a small HBCU college and I decided not to run track there because I'd done it for so long. By the time I got to college, it just wasn't 
it became more of like a chore, I guess, or, you know, the the kind of pressure where your family's like, well, we can't pay for college, so you got to get a scholarship kind of thing. And I grew up running track in Texas, which is a whole different ballgame from where I graduated high school running track. We didn't even have an all-weather track um, at the school. You know, we had, we practiced on asphalt. Um no knock to the school or the coaches or whatever, but the track coaches were football coaches. They didn't, I was giving them workouts for us to do because they didn't, you know, they didn't know anything. So it just became not really fun anymore. But if I had to say like, what was my sport, it would have been, um, <clears throat> it would have been track. I think that was what I was successful at. Uh, volleyball is my favorite sport. It's uh, the funnest sport. And then basketball is somewhere in between. Um, but when I went to college, I opted not to play basketball or run track, but I did play volleyball. So it's not like it was D1 or anything like literally my school is like this big. If you can't see, if you're hearing this, it's like I'm pinching my fingers together. Um, so it wasn't like a mad competitive thing. We didn't, you know, lift weights or anything. We literally, it was... I don't want to minimize it in terms of like competition or whatever, but it just, it wasn't like hardcore, like you might. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when I got out of college, do what? I can relate. So I, I completely understand what you're saying in terms of that, you know, everyone wasn't there, like specific, everything wasn't specific to the, the sport itself compared to a school where it's like this is a school you go to for basketball this is a school you go for for track that's where they dominate you know versus you know it's like we're competing but we're not really super high level competitive and really zoned into that sport so I get you yeah it's like high school 2.0 I guess you can say um and so when I got out of school and went on to become an adult I wasn't doing anything, you know, I just went to work and all of the things I didn't work out. I, I probably in all of my athletic years as a team, I might've seen the inside of a weight room three times. So I didn't know anything about lifting weights. I didn't know anything about working out. I had a homeboy who lifted weights in college and I would just be in the gym with him. But I was where a lot of women are today. I was like, I thought it was a man's thing. You know, men lift weights and weights were heavy and I didn't want to get bulky and all of the things. Until uh, 2013-ish, I met a friend who asked me to go to the gym. She's like, hey, I need a gym partner, blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool, I need a Bible study partner so we could swap. And so initially I didn't, I was like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to get bulky. I said all of the things. I was like, I still had my athletic body because I was still eating a college diet, like noodles and crap. But um, I tried it and I ended up liking it. And then I think that's really when social media really kind of started to grow. And I saw a girl, two girls, two different girls. um, It was a girl named Massey Arias who... She's now, she went from being like an influencer to like, she's big time influencer now. And then- She got a baby now, just say. <laughs> she has a baby now, I believe. 
Yeah, she's her her daughter's. I don't know yeah, what her daughter or something like that. Yeah, her it starts with an I. I can't remember. Yeah, I keep I said baby like she's super small, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, girl. Right. Yeah, and she didn't even have like when I was following her. This is how long ago it was when I was following her. She hadn't even moved to the West Coast yet, and she was competing and bikini and stuff like that. And I was like, and then the other girl was Morgan Canty. Morgan was, is, was a figure competitor. And they were two different divisions, but I saw both of them and I'm like, they look really good. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think they looked manly or masculine or anything. To me, they looked athletic. And I was like, they look really good. And I was like, my body kind of sort of looks like that. I was like, I could do that. I could do that. I want to try that until, like Steph said, like y'all said, until I realized you had to wear heels to do it. And then I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. And so, <laughs> you know, I saw a couple of pictures and we know that bikini was very different back in the day. But what wasn't different ish was like the way that they walked because you know we say now don't drop your glutes when you walk and blah 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 so but my interpretation of that back in the day was like i don't want to walk around in heels half naked looking like i got a stick up my butt like (laughs) i don't i was like i don't want to do that but you know it'd be nice um so social media continued to expand i continued to get more into fitness and nutrition and stuff like that but that lingering thought of competing still was in the back of my mind. But I don't even think online coaching was really a big deal back then either. So it was like, I don't even know the first thing about competing. I don't know how to find a coach. I felt like I wasn't ready because, you know, I think a lot of people think that you have to be stage ready to get on stage. And if you're not, you have to prepare for that. And it took me a minute to realize, like, it's prep so that you can prep to compete. Um, So I kind of just let that dream hang in the balance for, like, literally five years. And I did a little mini wellness show. It wasn't even a sanctioned show. It was just a a community wellness event. And it was a, a bikini show. And I prepped for that with my trainer at the time and that was really my first taste of being on stage i had no flipping idea what i was doing i had on this neon yellowish green just bikini it was a bathing suit like a literal bathing suit i had on these white kitten heel heels with like you know a lattice pattern on them it was a it was a mess (laughs) y'all but it was my first taste of it and i was like okay i might can do it one day it's not so bad but then still another two to three years went by before I ever actually, you know, bit the bullet. Um, and I was in and, out, in and out of the gym at that point. I wasn't really serious with my lifting, um, but that it still lingered in the back of my mind, like doing it. So uh, come 2018, I think a, uh, a flyer went up in the gym on the base that I was working at in Georgia about a show that the base was doing again it wasn't npc it wasn't sanctioned or whatever and i was like you know what i've been wanting to do this for a long time let me just the opportunity is here like it's in my face there's no reason to not do it so i just kind of jumped in at that point 
And at that point, I was learning more about competing. I had heard about a lady in town. She was a local coach or whatever. So I reached out to her, got her, you know, information, and we started working together. I prepaid her up front for prep, which was a lot of money back then. It was like the cost of rent. And she sent me a workout via email. She sent me macros via email. I might have went to one posing session. And that was like the extent of the communication. So I didn't know what macros were. I didn't know how to meet them. You know, I didn't know what drop sets were, but they were in my program. I just didn't recognize it. So my workouts were taking like three hours because I didn't know how to do the program. And by the time we were like three weeks, no, five weeks out, I was like, well, when do I get a suit? You know, I didn't know anything about buying a suit. You know, Sean talks about that a lot, like when to buy a suit, what colors to get, yada, yada, yada. I had absolutely no clue about any of that. I asked her, never got a response. So I'm like, okay, well, the show's coming up. Let me just find a suit online and buy it. I found this, found this cute little, what I thought was like a tiger zebra suit. It was like orange and yellow and black and, you know, red and just all the things that bikini wouldn't do. And I bought it. (laughs) And three weeks out, I was like, I don't even look like what a competitor looks like what I think in my mind a competitor looked like I felt like I still looked real regular I couldn't see any muscles nothing was changing in my opinion but I also wasn't doing what I was supposed to do because I didn't know how and then um, one of my friends was telling me that he had just joined with a coach and he was liking it and so on and so forth and I was like I wonder if he would coach me you know I'm this close out I want to really do the show. I don't want to back out. And so I joined with him. He's like, I think you should just do an NPC show. And I'm like, do you think I'm ready for that? And he's like, well, I wouldn't say it if I didn't think you were. Because, you know, it's still in my mind in 2018, I'm feeling like I have to be ready. You know, I have to look like a competitor to be a competitor. And um, I decided to do it. It was a little small show in like Aiken, South Carolina. I didn't know anything about hair (laughs) or having it. So I had my hair, I got a haircut. I got it dyed to match my suit because again, I didn't know anything. So I had this bright fire red hair with this bright fire red and yellow, red and yellow and orange suit. And I'm learning as the weekend is going on that, you know, you're probably better off wearing hair because you need hair to win, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a competitor. So, oh, I need to have hair to win. Got it. Um, so the day of the show, we're backstage pumping up and literally 30 minutes before they call us on stage, my coach and I left the venue to this hair store, like five minutes around the corner to find a wig and get back to the venue to get on stage. Had never worn a wig before, didn't never practice posing with a wig before. It was just, it was a lot. But needless to say, <laughs> no, I didn't flip my hair. I didn't know what to do. I No, I didn't. And I, every now and then, I post those cringy ass pictures on my Instagram. 
I did not like because all I knew I'm a very technical person I don't have flow to save my life I don't know how to think on the fly very good um, in certain situations so I knew my front back front and when the hair got in my face I didn't you know, I didn't think to move it because I didn't want to mess up the process. I didn't want to mess up the steps or the technique. So I'm posing and this hair is like all covering the left side of my face and I'm leaving it there because one, I don't know how to flip my hair like people with hair do. And I didn't know to move it out of my face. So the first stage show shots are cringy AF. But either way, I, I got bitten by the bug at that point. I've been rocking and rolling ever since. I think by my second show, the guy that was mentoring my coach at the time was saying that I should go to nationals. I didn't know what a nationals was. I didn't know what a pro card was. I didn't know any of that stuff. And so I'm like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. Let's plan for that. Because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, And so it kind of just evolved from there. I'll pause there because that was like a lot. Yeah. So when yeah. did you and just being the competitor you are, you're like, I don't know, but let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. When did you start to learn about the whole like actual suit process? Was it from your second coach? No, because I just got with um well, so I guess I I guess when you say second coach, yes, ish. Um, Cause the first lady, I guess sometimes I don't even really count her, but if we're being technical. Um, the second show that I did, I borrowed um, one of my teammates suits. It was like a Kelly green suit for my second show. I don't know when I learned that I probably shouldn't wear the suit that I was wearing, but I think my coach was like, you know, you already bought the suit, you already paid for it, you know, until you go to nationals, just wear the suit you got. And I don't know, somewhere in between there, I don't really know how I came to the idea that I needed a a different kind of suit. But so she let me borrow her suit for that. And then I met Sean at the clash in 2019. So uh, Sean is Sean's couture for anybody who's not familiar with her. I met her at the clash in March in 2019. um, And I kind of knew of her a little bit because I was a huge fan of Jasmine and we know jazz is sponsored by Sean. So I was um, talking to her at the event. She was a vendor at the time there. And we were talking about like suits and picking colors based on like your personality and stuff like that. So that's how I came to get the blue suit from Sean. And that was my suit until I lost it in the fire. But so it wasn't terribly long after, but once I really got embedded with Sean, that's when I really started to learn a lot just about being a female competitor in general. And just not really to touch on it too too deep, but you know, mentioning the fire and everything. Um, if you just want to talk about that just a little bit, just so that everyone understands the literal sense of the phoenix. <laughs> yeah. So um, my wife and I, we weren't married at the time, but we were staying in Georgia. I was deployed 
for my um, my job. And again, I'm not military, but I worked for the Air Force and I had an opportunity to do a volunteer deployment to work alongside military um, personnel overseas. And um, it was Christmas of 2020 and, you know, COVID was still a thing or whatever, but it was around Christmas of 2020, they were pulling us out of Afghanistan early my the unit that I was working for and literally as we're loading up heading to the terminal to get on the plane to go to the new country we're going to uh, Qatar or Qatar Danielle calls and tells me that the apartment she got a phone call that the apartment building that we stayed in caught on fire she was luckily she was in Ohio with her parents so neither one of us were there um, to this day, I still don't really even know what happened or how it happened, um, but the total building was a loss. The total, we lived on the first floor. Um, the total second story was a complete loss. It was completely scorched. So we were, I guess, in some ways lucky enough that our apartment building didn't catch on fire, but it was just damaged and destroyed from um, the water and putting the fire out and then on top of that they wouldn't let us in so like they boarded up the building maybe a few days after the fire happened and they wouldn't let us in but i flew home anyway and they still wouldn't let us in a whole month had gone by i think i came home helped her relocate and went back before she was ever allowed to even go in to attempt to retrieve anything and by the time they did let her go in, um, everything was moldy, like just because it had been so water damaged. So we lost everything by virtue of water damage and mold. Um, everything was just either still wet or destroyed. I think we were able to recover maybe just a few things that happened to be in like bins and stuff like that. But I mean, she had a whole shoe collection that she lost uh, because all of it was disgusting. All of our clothes, like my first suit, all of my vision boards prior to 2021, all of that stuff, water damaged and gone. But, you know, start over, rebuild, come back better and stronger. Rise up from yeah. ashes. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, indeed, and that's more than what you did. <laughs> I'm gonna keep pointing that out. <laughs> I, I received. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned um, that you know you worked for, I guess, the military. That's, I don't want to state that wrong, but you do have background in terms of your family um, being in the military, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I'm an Air Force brat. So my mom, my grandpa, and my dad all served in the military in the Air Force. Um, had a couple cousins that served in the Air Force as well. And then my wife is now, she's in the Army. So I've just been embedded in the military my whole life. Mm -hmm. Had to point that out because I remember when we were talking to Chef Russ and you was going in. I'm like, that's his name right? Chef, Chef Russ, right? Russ? I think so. I hope I didn't mess that up. <laughs> but I remember you going in and talking about that. I was like, hold up. <laughs> Brandy, you were, okay, no. <laughs> so 
So just putting that out there too. Elliot. <laughs> so what was nice. your mindset? Um, All right. So um, since for a year. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Can you say that again, Steph? I just didn't hear the question. We were talking at the same time. What was your mindset for being off stage um, while you were deployed for the whole year before you came back to competing? Oh, that's a good question because um, I was very much a, a pro card chaser before I went on deployment. So, um, and that was primarily, I think, because, you know, just listening to people. And it, I think it's good to have people, you know, in your ear that support you and they really think that you can do a good job. But um you know by the same token i think we have to as competitors we still have to learn to be objective and be smart about things so you know it's like at the time in 2019 i think i did three national shows but it was like oh you're so close you'll definitely get the next one you should definitely do this show because you'll for sure get it yada 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 so we kept pushing and kept pushing and in 2019 i didn't know as much about um, the health of an athlete uh, for longevity of the sport at the time. So, you know, we were kind of just going, going, going. And I think by the time nationals did hit at the end of the year, my body, in my opinion, wasn't as responsive as it would have needed to be. Um, and I mean, I still got close, but I think I could have done better had I known better at the time. But it just, it is what it is. And then so 2020 happened, COVID happened, you know, the world got twisted upside down. And we still wanted to shoot for that because we were so close, right? And I think mid prep for nationals in 2020, not nationals, uh, North Americans is when I found out about the deployment. So I was kind of like in this conflicted state because I had this opportunity to deploy, which was going to be advantageous to just, you know, myself and my family. And then there's the dream, you know, trying to chase that pro card or whatever and letting this year be the year and all of the things. And I was just really conflicted and kind of, you know, dang, I'm going to have to be off stage for a year, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So I continued with the prep anyway, and just to see, and it was a disaster. <laughs> it was just way too much going on trying to prepare for a deployment and have peak week at the same time because I was literally leaving the next week after USA's. Um, but when I got off stage, and I got to Afghanistan, I knew that I still wanted, you know, I still had the dream, I guess you can say, trying to get the pro card. I knew in my mind, because I was starting to learn about being a competitor and um, doing things in a healthy way and all of that stuff, I knew it was good to take the time off. And I was happy that it was more of a, I call it a voluntary, involuntary, um, forced improvement season. So, because I don't know that 
if I had stayed, I don't know that I would have taken the actual break that I needed to. I would have still tried to push and push until I probably wrecked myself. So at that particular point in time, once I got overseas, I had in my mind, like, I'm still preparing to compete. Like, even though I'm in an off season, in my mind, I'm still in like a sort of prep because if I waste this time that I'm away, then that's that more time, that much more time on the back end that I have to add in to chasing this dream. And so that's kind of when I just started to, I think that's really when my real mindset started to shift in terms of competing and being competitive and stuff like that, because my biggest driver was like, I don't want to leave here. I don't want to have been gone for a year and come back and look the exact same. And so that was kind of like my driver in terms of continuing to keep myself going and continuing to just work out and do the things that I know to do just based on being, you know, a trainer and a nutrition coach and stuff like that. So I did as much as I could do in terms of knowing that I was getting back on stage the second I was able to get back on stage and I was going out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going after the, about walk off the time get on the stage. <laughs> yes. I'll, the second I get back on stage, the second I get the green light, I'm going for it. And so I wanted to be ready for that. Okay. How is the how do you feel about all of the transitions that happened once you got back and all the things that I would say kind of fell into place and I'll let you share those things that fell into place as well. Sure. Um, so circling back to before I left for deployment, I, it took me a long time to kind of realize this, but I was so gung ho about trying very hard to chase my pro card and have that like uh heroin story of girl, is prepping for a deployment and goes and gets her pro card just before she deploys. And, you know, this is the hero story in your mind. Like, that's what I wanted to happen. Um, but in doing that, what I didn't really realize at the time was how focused I was on that goal, that I wasn't really focused on my wife, who Danielle was, we weren't married at the time, but we were together together. And so she felt like she was a team player. She knew this is what I wanted. She didn't object in any sense of the imagination. But I learned later that she kind of felt a little neglected because we knew that our time was running short and we just didn't have that real true quality time together before I left because it was get ready for the deployment, pack for the deployment, get ready for the show, prep for the show, you know, like do all of these things in the last 14 days to the point where probably the most quality time we had was maybe the day before I left, you know? And so I promised her on the back end that when I got back, I would just be back. I would be home. Um, we knew that we were going to be moving. I think we found out 
early in the spring of 2021 that we were going to be moving to Kansas. So we knew we wanted to buy a house and do all of those things. So there was no way anyway that we could reasonably allow me to prep and do all of this transitioning. So I just kind of chalked it up to at that point we were married. We got married um, on Pi Day of 2021. So I just gave her that time back. And I was like, that's cool. I'm cool with that. We can work through this transition. You're getting a new job. I'm getting a new job. We're getting a new dog. We're getting a new house. We're doing all of the adulting things. But come 2022, I'm getting on stage because you said, I said, we said, I wasn't competing when I got back until we got settled. So in my mind, I was already ready. Um, I had grappled with changing coaches and I think I had dealt with that the whole time I was gone just so conflicted about changing coaches and you know having all these like Libra scale type thoughts about leaving versus going and what was better and what wasn't but um, when I got back I knew I wanted to go to CCTS to get myself back on track I knew I wanted to try my best to get um, a scholarship, scholarship, a sponsorship, sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, um, with Paul because I knew Paul was going back, and every year Paul was doing like a sponsorship, a year sponsorship for the girls that he sponsored, and all of the things. So I had it all planned out. I knew exactly how my 2022 was going to go, and we get to CCTS, and I actually got picked up by Jamie Day Bernard. I posed with her when we had like the posing segment where you can go and pose with everybody. And she, I don't know, she saw something in my 150 pound two year off season body that she was like, you have a lot of pro potential. And I'm like, girl, where, you know? And, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I was like, you know, all right, cool. You know, thanks. I appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. We talked a little bit when we did talk, I will be honest. We just, I felt like there was a connection there. Like Jamie is just an amazing, she has an amazingly just warm spirit. Like you just feel drawn in by nature because it's so nurturing. Um, but yes. And then I think that just by nature of her being a woman, obviously some of the things that we talked about too kind of hit home. So it had me like, you know, on the fence. I knew I came, I was determined to get a sponsorship from Paul or what have you. Um, and then come announcement times, you know, I was completely taken aback that Jamie had selected me because Jamie doesn't pick athletes at CCTS. Her coaches do. So she wasn't even looking to sponsor anybody. But for whatever reason, you know, she saw me and she was like, I want her. I was like, Let's do it. Let's rock, you know. And um, I worked with Jamie for the duration of our sponsorship. And then I moved over to Shelby and we've been rocking and rolling and I couldn't have asked for a better year. I had in my mind how I wanted the year to go. I just envisioned all the time finally getting back to nationals because truth be told, I wanted to win my pro card at nationals because that's where I felt the most butthurt by a loss. So I wanted to win it at nationals. I wanted to win it in the first place spot, not the second place. And I had all of this in my mind, but even with envisioning how that was going to go, 
I still had, you know, not even close to any idea how, you know, it would go the way that it did, but I'm grateful for it. Not only did you take the first place spot, but (laughs) (laughs) that came in overall. (laughs) Right. I wasn't even thinking about any overalls at any show ever. I've only had one and it was as a novice, like a true novice, you know, and so Mm -hmm. I just wanted the first place win. If I didn't get the overall, I wasn't even checking for it, to be honest, but. uh, Go go get your sword. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Bring them all out here. (laughs) Uh, beautiful beautiful congratulations on all the accomplishment and i'm 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 happy that you were forced (laughs) to take that quick pause and reset and come back and boom 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 everything that i'm sure did your did your um boards do you remember what any of your boards possibly said before the fire (laughs) was was that one of them yeah, actually, because I still have pictures of them. I, every now and then I put them up on my um, social, on my Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And um, the, I'm recording us, by the way, for my stories. Um, the vision board that was the most specific to that was I had the call out shot of myself, the girl who ended up taking first and my teammate who took second that year at nationals in 2019, I had that shot on my vision board. Next to it, I had center box win. I had my pen from CCTS because I it was available. It was uh, 111, which I know is like an angel number. So I had that on my vision board, and then I had uh, pro card. So I had pro card, center box win. I had the national show, and then I had the 111 all in that bottom corner of my vision board. And that's exactly where I got my pro card. And it was a center box win. <laughs> and just, just as a heads up to everybody that's, you know, viewing, the reason I asked that question, because we're talking to the queen of manifesting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't understand how many people you hit this year and how many people really took the time to step back and think about their own personal journey in, you know, competing. And I guess the big question is, do you want to compete or do you want to be a competitor? And I mean, just to point out one of them, um, Raven, you know, Raven really definitely took that to heart. And I can say I I do too, as I, I can see. Oh, wait, muted. Me, you're back. Okay, my apologies. My phone started ringing. No, it's okay. No yeah, but Raven took that to heart, and she really took the time to really, you know, start journaling um, and thinking about her journey and what she wants from it. And you know, it's really guiding her as to where she's going this season. So, just in terms of you know manifesting and. What did you manifest also that you did this year? And let you say it. Well, last year. No, this year. Being at the top of this year. <laughs> she got you on the spot. <laughs> I know. Okay. I do so much of it. I don't know. What ha- oh, uh, being a speaker at CCTS. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it happened this year. That's where you have it all manifested. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's, our, it's only mid-March, but I'm like, what happened this year so far? <laughs> been a long year already. Cool. That's where you had us all take a step back. So how did how did that feel for you? Um being being a speaker at CC, CCTS, which did we mention that's Sean Couture's um Cuties Conquering the Stage, where I guess all of us kind of won a sponsorship, yeah. <laughs> by the way. Sure. But how did that feel? As well as um, how does the aftermath of it feel with everyone owning up to what you delivered? Uh, I'll start from the back forward. Like, I think um, I feel honored, honestly, um, that my words held some type of meaning or some type of weight to the point where it led to some sort of action, you know, because I think when it comes to just public speaking or speaking overall, it's like, you know, how effective is my speech going to be? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to be boring? Or is it going to be like one ear, one in one ear and out the other? Is it even going to be coherent? Is it going to make sense? You know, those are all the things that I think I had in my mind going into it and i had even asked sean like i had an idea whenever she asked me to do it i kind of had an idea of what i wanted to talk about just because of the way this season unfolded and i know that i attribute a lot of it to to how i operate on a day-to-day which is that writing things down making them visual you know manifesting in that way and um I'm just very honored that for the short amount of time that I spoke, and I say short in quotations because uh, for the people listening, I had a 15 minute slot because I was just a surprise guest speaker. I wasn't like a slated speaker. And um, I think I ended up taking like maybe 25 minutes. So I kind of went over by about 10 minutes, but um, I was very honored that my message was received in the way that it has been, um, just in that short amount of time. And I think that what held the most weight in terms of allowing that to happen was showing the proof. You know, I had that, it's in, for anybody listening who's not familiar with me, I have it now posted on my uh, Instagram, somewhere on my feed, the, where I wrote in my journal, on paper, I will be a speaker at CCTS, And I did that, I think, after watching uh, CCTS Live in 2021, because I was deployed um, at the time, so I couldn't have made it to CCTS. But I was like, I've always been so moved and so inspired by the speakers at CCTS and their journey and stuff like that. And I I knew that one day I wanted to be able to come back and do the same thing to be able to help people behind me um, in their journey by just showing how I've lived my journey, I guess you can say. So I I felt honored that it was received and um, that it, you know, it manifested the way that it did so that people can actually see that it can work. And then I always do say like, yes, write it down. Yes, make it visual. Yes, envision how it feels to have that. But it never negates 
doing the actual work or putting the action towards it. So that's manifesting is a buzzword. You know, it has been for the last couple of years, but um, but it still takes work. It's not it's not magic. Um, it doesn't happen out of thin air. You don't just, you know, put your wish into the air and then poof, wait for it to drop. There's there's work involved. <laughs> there's work involved. And I think that's what I want wanted and what I want people to take the take away from it the most. But it just felt good. You know, it felt good to be able to even be up there and to share my story. And I had a lot more that I had to condense down. But again, I'm honored that it still was received the way that it was received, even within the shorter amount of time. But it felt really good. And and I know that I know that I have garnered like a deep love for the sport and just to be able to bring somebody up because I know where I started. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I didn't know you know, my left from my right when it came to competing from the suit to the hair to the makeup to the posing to choosing a show. I didn't know any of that. So to be able to work my way through that and learn my way through that, it's like I naturally just want to give it back to anybody else who ends up being in that same position. So it was honor. It was an honor. I love it. <laughs> got me excited too. I'm like, all right, I got time. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, I got to make sure that I'm not talking over you. <laughs> yeah, you're because good. I know, like, sometimes like I try to come in and then you're coming in. So I'm good. Keep rolling. Yeah, keep rolling. All right. Okay, so we kind of touched on so many things within this current stage that we didn't even touch on the real part of it, which is like real life outside of competing. It's like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You so know, what are you doing on your, your daily? Um, so on my daily now, currently I am an investigator. I work for the Department of Labor. Um, I've been doing that since I moved here to Kansas and Basically, we just the type of I'm not a, you know, I'm not in the police force or anything like that, but I am an enforcement and we just make sure people get paid correctly, making sure that their employers are paying them the way they're supposed to if they are if they meet those qualifications. So um, it does take up a lot of brain cells during the day, <laughs> if you will, because, you know, you you have to talk to different people, you have to, you know, sift through information, you have to deal with different personalities, you have to be able to look at information on paper and formulate a, a conclusion to a case and things of that nature. Um, but then sometimes too, I actually have to go out into the field, as we call it, and go to these actual establishments and do all of that stuff. Talk to people, talk to employers, um, talk to employees. Sometimes we're watching, you know, things. And so it's, uh, it's interesting. I think it, I think it honestly, it adds to just my soft skills anyway, as, as a, as a coach, as a trainer, as somebody who's just interested in leadership in general, but it pays the bills. 
Absolutely. Um, have you like ran into any like challenges when it comes to that aspect? Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say, I think my biggest area of improvement overall in life is just time management and executive functioning. So I'm very much a one track minded person, right? In a, in a sense, when it comes to like multitasking and this job almost requires you to multitask, you know, because you're juggling a few different cases at a time. It's not like I can just work through one case, get it done, move on to the next, get it done, move on to the next. No, I'm dabbling in everything all the time. And so it's being able to have the brain capacity, I guess, to do my job from day to day. And then when I'm in off season, it's not as difficult because I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm working out, I feel good. But when I'm in prep, in my brain capacity is like on a fourth of a tank. Um, it can it can be it can be a challenge for sure because at this point in my life, I'm not just allocating mental capacity to work. I'm also allocating it to being the competitor that I want to be. So trying to keep myself accountable and be consistent. I'm also having to be a wife I'm and a dog mom. I'm also having to be a, a coach, a trainer. And it's like being able to juggle all of these different things and wear all of these different hats at the appropriate time. In all honesty, some things have to give. You know, sometimes that means I'm doing my cardio at like 9.30 at night and I'm, decide, I'm having to decide, do I finish my whole cardio or do I get my sleep in, you know, kind of thing. Or, um, you know, making sure that if I have to, if I know ahead of time that I have to go out into the field, having a meal or something prepared, um, because that can take all day, especially if I have to drive like hours out of the way. And so, you know, then it's like, well, I want to compete. And we know competing takes a lot out of our time when it comes to other people but then it's like oh well i also have to be a wife and i have to do things around the house so that danielle doesn't feel like she's the only one taking care of the house oh and i have to make sure that i walk my dog or at least play with him so he doesn't feel like danielle's his favorite person so <laughs> um you know those are those are the challenges i think that i face with being a competitor and doing what I do on a daily basis is just figuring out how to divvy up my time. And I am not perfect at all. Things give all the time, but I've had to learn, as I often preach, I've had to learn to give myself grace. And one thing Danielle says all the time is, you know, you can't do it all. Like you try so hard to do it all and you run yourself into the ground. And so I'm grateful that she's always here to remind me, like, you need to chill. Like, it's not the end of the world if you miss this or miss that or, you know, you sacrifice a little here or there in whatever area. But, like, you're going to drive yourself crazy because you know how you get on prep and you know you freak out about everything. So chill out and figure it out. <laughs> 
I'm happy she's there to tell you that too. <laughs> or call you right now <laughs> to let you know since she's not there currently. Right. But um, before I dive into that second part, because you mentioned, you know, that you're coaching and everything now, before before we kind of dive into that, there is like a, I'm going to center it first to ask you if you're okay with um, going into that detail. But there's something you mentioned on um, Facebook and, you know, you pose the question out there for everyone else. And I, I want to know if that's something you're okay with diving in to oh, yeah. here for anyone that's maybe dealing with that. Yeah, so I I understand now, or I know from that that you struggle a bit with ADHD. Am I saying correctly? Okay. Um. So hope you could share a little bit about that and your struggles, um, with that, especially with work, um, coaching, competing. <laughs> you know your struggles with it overall and. What are some of the things that you currently do um, to cope or help mm-hmm. in that nature when it comes to all of these aspects, I guess, whichever one you want to share? Yeah, sure. So I finally went ahead and looked into um, getting checked out for ADHD I think late last year in 2021. And that was because like I'm in some group, on, I'm in a bunch of groups on Facebook where I'm not like necessarily active, but I just read what everybody else posts. And somebody had posted about ADHD and it was this long thing, but I remember them talking about like some of the stuff that they were struggling with from day to day um, when it comes to just like managing time as far as like, um, the ways that they are aren't task oriented and you know how time seems to slip by and how things seem like such just a struggle to do even though you know you have to do something and i was like that whatever the paragraph was it was freaking long but i was like that is exactly what i'm dealing with and I've been open about, you know, my own mental health struggles and journeys before. So I've dealt with depression. I actively manage um, anxiety and stuff like that. But, and, you know, I've been to a number of different therapists because I've always struggled with, um, I've always actually struggled with things that I'm not particularly that interested in. Let's say that. Like, For instance, fitness, um, competing, nutrition, all of that stuff. I can nerd out on that stuff all day long until Danielle's like, dude, put your phone down, put your computer away, like do something else. Like I can over consume the stuff that I'm interested in to the point where it looks like or seems like an obsession. But outside of that, things that I have to just do on a day to day sometimes just feel like an extreme struggle like even with um even with work sometimes i would find like i know what i need to do but it felt like just pushing a ginormous boulder uphill just to get like basic things done like simple stuff and so then i found myself having an emotional reaction to having this issue. So it was just kind of this cycle of struggling and then being emotional about struggling. And, you know, I'm going to therapy and going to counseling and all these things. And I still have like this issue. And majority of it is just time management and prioritizing things and stuff like that. 
And so when I read that Facebook post, I was like, I think I need to at least go get checked out to see. And so that's what I did. And the the doctor, nurse practitioner, whoever, whatever, I don't know his title, but obviously he can diagnose. And he definitely said, I think that you are definitely dealing with ADHD. The the primary question, I think, in your situation, because he said you're absolutely 100% actively managing anxiety. So for you, it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Like, is the ADHD causing your anxiety or is your anxiety causing your ADHD? You know, and so um, I opted at that time to try medication just to see if I can just sit down and focus and get things done. And he told me, he's like, you know, we can try this and we can try that. We tried Ritalin. Ritalin didn't work for me because I felt like I took a fat burner and like dim all at the same time. I don't know if y'all know what dim is, but it's like an estrogen um, supplement. It's mostly in broccoli, but if you take it in supplement form, it's supposed to help with the metabolism of estrogen, but it can give you really, really, really bad headaches in the beginning. And that's what I got with it. I was like, I need something else. Cause like, I can't even focus on trying to focus because I just don't feel good. So now, you know, we've tried Adderall and Adderall is a lot milder for me, but he did say, he's like, listen, we can get you on this to try to get you, you know, doing your day-to-day things, but it's this medication is not going to make you do the things that you need to do. Like it's going to help you focus, but you're going to focus on things that you want to focus on. Um, so you, you know, you still have to figure out how to manage your day to day within the medication. So that's kind of what I've been actively working on doing. Um, I'm getting better. My goals for what I said the first quarter of the year were just to find systems that work for me. I know that I need to do to-do lists. Like I have to, but my struggle with to-do lists has always been that I'll do it consistently for like three days. And then I'm falling off until I have another meltdown and then I try it again and then the cycle continues. So um, when I do do them, I do better. So I know that that's just something I have to put the reps in on and just continue to do them day to day. I think I finally found like a way to manage my workload and all of the things that I have to do between just using a planner and a calendar and using like a to-do list and a process board. Um, a former job that I was in, we would have, I was, a cha- I was in change management and we would create these flow boards for different organizations so that, you know, they can piece by piece move their little piece of their task across the flow board. And so I was like, I need that for myself so I can just see where I'm at on certain things in order to get them done. Um, Outside of just work and competing and stuff like that, I think the ADHD has um, caused some challenges at home, like in the marriage, because Danielle is very much a neat person. Um, she's very much a get it done as soon as it needs to get done person. And I'm a, it'll get done when all the other things in my mind that are important are done. So to her from the outside looking in, it looks like I don't care about the stuff here in the house that needs to be done. 
And so we've had multiple arguments and, you know, just for the sake of our marriage, I even took her to the appointment where I went to get looked at for the ADHD, just so she can understand, like, I'm not purposely avoiding house stuff. You know, it's just, it's not on my radar. Just by default, my mind doesn't operate like yours. And there's so many other things in my mind that need to get done and the house stuff, it'll get done just later. So um, it's just been trying to find little ways here and there to get better. And I'm still a work in progress. I'm still, you know, not the best at time management, but the calendars definitely help. Having the alerts on my phone to do certain things definitely help um, because I'm very much in my mind, I know what I have to do. But if I don't have it written down, I'm going to forget it at some point. So I'm getting there. I'm working through my lists. I'm working through my, my flow boards. And we're going to see. I mean, that's great. You're definitely putting the work in. You're finding uh, ways, well, trying out different ways and finding what works for you. So that's definitely great. And hey, now, none of us are perfect. <laughs> We all are a work in progress, so we're just gonna keep progressing, <laughs> keep chipping along until we until we get it done, and then we gonna find something else, <laughs> and then work on that. Yep. All right, girl. Thanks for sharing that, um, especially because we don't know who's listening and who you know may have that question, or maybe like you just educate me a little bit more. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but just to dive back in a little bit reverse now back into your reel and your transition into coaching. First of all, I don't even know how long you've been doing that. I thought like this was kind of your first year, like officially like coaching and being with um, your gym, but how, how long? I mean, maybe this was something you started before, but with leaving, coming back, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So I've been um, training and or dabbling in training since about 2017, I think, 2017, 2018. Um, not in any like ginormous uh, hustle or side hustle capacity, but I've always been interested in it. And so I finally dove in and started doing like the certification and stuff like that and training my coworkers and stuff like that and my coworkers' kids and just people in general. Um, and so when I moved here, they the gym didn't originally have trainers, or at least, you know, not actively that we knew about. And then um, they started soliciting for trainers in the summer of last year. And so again, it was another one of those situations of you know, the opportunity is in your face, kind of like what I mentioned with the competing, like it's literally in your face. This is your sign to take this opportunity, like don't sit on it, don't talk yourself out of it, just jump in and do it and go from there. And so that's kind of what I did. I put my name in the hat and um, they had seen me there before, you know, because I had already been going to the gym for um, almost a year at that point. So they'd see me, they'd see me working out. Uh, I think they follow me on social media or whatever. So um, 
they they picked me up they took me on so now i'm like training in a in a more official capacity here um i do in person primarily but i do do some online training as well for individuals that do want to work with me and um yeah it's been it's been a blast it's been eye-opening enlightening inspiring and more importantly it just shows me day in and day out like i know what lights my fire and it's definitely just um just coaching and training and just being a uh, a, a leader or like being along for somebody else's journey and helping them to get where they want to go so that's like my favorite thing about this was was Danielle a, a big um, influence on getting you out of your head and throwing your name, <laughs> throwing your name in? Yeah, actually, in a way, because I didn't see the post where they were looking for trainers. She did, and she sent it to me. So, you know, I talked to her about it, you know, obviously, because, like, if I become a trainer, this could impact our home life. How do you feel about that? Yada, yada, yada. And she was very supportive of it. Um, she was like, we'll figure it out as we go along. So I think <clears throat> I think I probably would have seen it eventually, but I don't know that I would have had the same reaction if I saw it on my own as I did when she it to me, if that makes sense. Like if I saw it, I might've would have just seen it and like took a mental note and then sat on that, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Am I ready? you know, to to take on this, you know, other journey and all of that stuff. And I probably would have like overanalyzed myself out of even doing it. So I think that, again, I'm such a, it's a, that's a sign kind of person that the way that it happened is what was the catalyst that caused me to jump on it. And I think had it happened any other way, like my life would probably be different right now. I, I get that. You're going to yourself back a little bit. Go ahead on and give her her praises. <laughs> I do. I do. Live. <laughs> She's very instrumental in the person that I am continuing to evolve into. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know how many girls you have that... um. Um, are you know trying to compete but I I think I know of two but one mainly so I don't know if you want to give them a little shout out too because I heard I follow one so I know she's been doing amazing and loving her journey I I love watching her transition so give her a little shout out I can't remember her name (laughs) maybe you might be talking about Rebecca Mm -hmm. So you might be talking about Rebecca. She has, yeah. um, she has really Rebecca re- Lynn. Yeah, Rebecca Lynn. Um, she has really, really just jumped two feet into this whole process. You know, it started with I want to gain more muscle and I might want to compete. To like, I think I definitely want to compete. And you know, to where we are now, like we're actually actively um helping her grow so that she can compete and so um just watching somebody's journey from from scratch you know and then not only that just watching her completely 
dive in and kind of just soak up the information. She's, uh, she reminds me a lot of myself in, in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, I just admire her as a person, like just her determination, her tenacity, like her, um, her drive to do well um, and to do it in a reasonable amount of time because, you know, some people, they, they want to compete and they want to compete like yesterday, you know, and for somebody who's never done it before, I admire that she's okay with growing into who she needs to be to be competitive on stage. And she's like, just really taking the process so literal and it's just amazing to watch it's amazing to watch like her body transform the way that it has and um just to see her like i believe by the time she gets on stage like she's really gonna crush it because she's doing things that i wasn't even doing when i started like with posing for instance like posing is obviously something she's never done before and so, and I give all my people who ask me about competing and any of the things, I give them the disclaimer up front. I'm not a posing coach. Like y'all might see me working with people on like my stories or what have you on Instagram. I give people the disclaimer, I'm not a posing coach. Like I need a posing coach myself. So, <laughs> um, but you know, I pay so much attention to just Sean. Um, to Jamie, I, I soak up information anytime um, Becky Clausen posts anything. So I think I know enough to help people get started with the caveat, you know, when you get a coach, they may tell you to do something different. But I never, you know, sell a dream that, you know, I'm going to be the one to help you with your stage presence to where you just look like I ain't that person. But she's practicing literally every day like we're not putting her on stage probably until the fall of this year but she's been practicing every day every sunday we're both in the gym you know doing our posing and practicing our posing and stuff like that and she's just soaking it up <laughs> and it's it's amazing to watch and then uh, my other my other athlete, she just got injured and she just had surgery. So she's um, she's got to sit out for uh, quite a while. And she's kind of, you know, in a place like, am I going to be able to compete? Is this going to take me out and take me away from the dream? So um, she's a beast, too. Like she was already like. She looked great when I met her and then, you know, just to be able to fit the criteria for competing um, in bikini, there were things that we were gonna have to do to adjust and to grow into. But, um, and she was, she's a, she's in her fifties. I think she is 50 or 51, sorry, Rachel. Um, but she inspires me too. You know, she's one of those people, she's going to push her limits. A lot of people are afraid to live heavy I'm pretty sure she can outlift me, you know, on on a great day, which I'm completely fine with. But to be that age and performing like that, like you are goals, sis. Like I want to be able to move weight like that. I want to be able to move weight like that when I get in my 50s. So I told her, I was like, you know, let's just take the time to heal 
and heal properly and not, you know, force feed the, the healing, let yourself just heal naturally. And then when the time comes, then we'll decide, you know, can you act, actually actively, you know, prepare or is it safe or is it best for you not to? Because I always tell people I'm always going to err on the side of safety. Like you don't have to bend over backwards, break your back or anything for this sport because it's a hobby and it's not going to give you much back except extrinsic motivation and satisfaction. So um, they are they are two amazing, amazing ladies. And I'm just so grateful to be able to um, walk them through or help them through the beginning of their journey. Nice. Well, Rachel, you're going to be great. <laughs> Health comes first, but you got this. And I'm excited for, you know, her journey as well and her working with you. Um, Steph, I think you had something <laughs> and I cut you off. No, you're fine. I was just saying that it's, um, it's great to be a part of someone's journey, but also kind of see how they progress, knowing from what they came from and how you see like that whole mindset and everything just kind of like shift along the way during the journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm sure they're seeing it. I hope they're seeing it within themselves as well, you know, because it's, it's awesome looking from the outside, but I'm, I'm sure like seeing it for themselves too is just as impactful. And because I use that word, how do you feel like this part of your journey is going to impact your flow as you dive into what's next? That's a good question. I think um, I've been doing just a lot of soul searching now that I have, you know, kind of hit the amateur pinnacle, if you will. Like at first I was just so gung-ho trying to get the card like that was my motivating factors trying to get the pro card i hadn't really stopped to think about you know what was next except i knew that i was basically starting over in terms of being a, a small fish in a big pond if you will and i was more than more than ready and willing to you know bide my time so to speak because i mean that's what they tell you you know once you get to that level now you're competing against like some literal like women beasts out there and you know we've seen the arnold we've seen olympia the girls look good you know they look good and we know that bikini continues to evolve um in terms of shape and muscle density and things of that nature so i didn't have any expectations, but I think that having won my pro card and it being um, such a highly visible thing, I guess you can say, because of social media and it was streaming and all of the things, um, the response to my win, I think, was super overwhelming in a positive way. Um, you know, I just got so many messages of not only congratulations, but, um, you know, I'm so inspired by you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, you see me like, you know, you know, I social media is just so vast that, you know, we all have our own little corner of social media and we don't really know like who is 
actually watching, you know, because some people, they just watch and they may not interact with you, but they see everything that's going on. And so to have just the outpouring of like support and well wishes and um, having heard how many people were just like inspired is like, again, it's truly an honor, I think. And with that, I feel like I have in a way I have like a responsibility to continue to be an ambassador of the transition from amateur to pro, you know, because in some way, I I mean, I am a baby pro, but in some ways I still kind of feel like an amateur because I've spent so much time in that status. You know, it's kind of like turning 21 and you have all of the legal authority to do the things, but it's still a little bit surreal that I actually now am able to just go and do these things without permission or without restriction or what have you. It kind of feels like that. I'm like, I don't feel 21 yet, but my driver's license says I'm 21. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, I don't feel like a pro yet in terms of being competitive and having been on stage or whatever, but knowing what is required, I think, and in, in how one should continue to operate and hold themselves to that kind of a standard as a pro, I think I have that that responsibility to um, shed light on it, I think. And so <clears throat> I just always feel like if you know better, you do better. And I've had so many just blunders in my amateur journey from, you know, not knowing how to eat and do macros to not knowing how to reverse properly or not reversing properly or, you know, not being completely um all in or whatever um into the process of competing to now knowing what it's like to actually actively be that person um and i just want to continue to show people that you know here's what it takes here's what you know here's what i recommend or what i encourage and here's how you can be somewhat successful if not most successful in doing those things okay. <laughs> that was great it was great <laughs> and plus i mean i've been having a, a great time watching your reverse and you you sharing those you know successes of what it should look like i don't think i've really well i haven't been here long <laughs> So I don't feel like I really had anyone to follow in that capacity of even understanding what a reverse actually was and especially plugging it, plugging it in with the, the visuals of what's happening and how our body is so beautiful and transitioning. Should we say backwards? <laughs> can. Well, I, that's not even a term I want to use, but hey, that's what I'm using right now. You know, transitioning um, to that um, growth growth season, mm-hmm. we should say. Mini, mini growth season in this case. <laughs> but um, it, it was really great. And you, you sharing that and saying all of that and, you know, being able to see it visually happen with how much of it you're sharing on online, on Instagram. 
I should say. So, I mean, I just spoke to someone the other day and I was like, I encourage you to go follow, follow you because of that, like clarity of it. Like she's going to be going into her, her first show ever. And it's like, this is what comes after. A lot of people aren't prepared for what comes after. But like I said, I'm still going to use that word, the visual of what it looks like in detail is cool to see. And I guess, yes, Sean does it too. But I think I didn't really um, pay attention to Sean's so in depth as I have to yours because we kind of were on the same wavelength as to when we started prep. So it helped me to, to dial in more with everything that was going on from a more close close standpoint. So I, I think it's awesome everything you're doing, how you're sharing it, um, showing us how to do it, <laughs> you know, if we want to be successful as well, how to manifest it, <laughs> in this case, put in the work. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go on a tangent, but Steph, how you feeling? You have something that you want to? I'm good. Um, I also think it's great too that you kind of add a little bit of peace in there about vacation and the fact that yes, you can eat outside of prep. I mean, it's normal. You shouldn't be afraid of it, but you just, you have to be mindful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yes. yes. Alright, so I I, I want to say, is there anything you want to like share that we haven't asked you? Um, I will touch a little bit on like me sharing on social media, um, just because I think that depending on the kind of person you are, it can it can hurt or it can help or hinder, you know, you. And I try to mention at times like. I am not sharing my journey on social, my reverse journey on social media, just to be like, oh, look at me. Like I'm managing my reverse properly because doing a reverse properly or even semi-properly is a very hard thing. Like sometimes I think it's harder than just prep itself Um, because prep is just executing the plan. You know what I'm saying? You you have that, that end goal in mind to keep you accountable whereas once you get off stage and you know it's going to be a while before you get back on stage um you don't necessarily have the same driving force to stay accountable and then depending on how long you've been on prep you know you want to start to try to enjoy the things that you kind of had to sacrifice while you were on prep and sometimes that can go out of control i've been there two or three or four times you know um, by nature of not knowing. And so, again, I I share my journey. One, I got it from Sean, actually, because, like, I was following hers and I liked them a lot. But she did a live once where she's talking about people keep their journeys, uh, their competitive journeys so hush-hush when, you know, sometimes actually sharing your journey can help somebody. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a secret because it doesn't matter what you do or what show you plan, whether you show it to the world or not, like the results of that day are going to be dependent upon who shows up. You know, it's not because 
let me keep myself hush hush because somebody else is going to come in and whatever else like if i'm prepped to the t and i'm peaked to the t and you know i look good it doesn't matter and vice versa but it doesn't matter who shows up because i'm showing up for me to represent me um <clears throat> on on stage so keeping the journey a secret um doesn't necessarily prevent you from losing to somebody else and and so to speak and so um by her you know putting that out there and saying you know share your journey be more open with your journey or whatever um that's kind of what encouraged me to do the same because like i said i feel like i have a responsibility at this point to show that transition and to show the mental evolution that i've had as a competitor knowing what it takes and knowing what i'm supposed to do when i come off stage if I want to compete again, if I want to be healthy now, if I knew I'm not getting on stage for another two or three years, then you know maybe I wouldn't be as um, focused, I guess you can say, on the reverse. But knowing that at some point this year I do want to do a pro debut, I know that I had a highly visible win just by nature of the the nationals and how it was streamed and stuff like that. And two, I have the in my head, it's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I need to do that. And three, I don't want to be the person that wins, wins the overall becomes pro and then four weeks later, I'm looking like I just finished doing, you know, like a, a show an amateur show or whatever. And that's not a knock to anybody that's still at the amateur level. But again, it's like that if you know better, you do better kind of thing. And so I kind of just want to show that side of of what that looks like knowing better and doing better and what it looks like to actively manage your reverse, what it feels like to actively manage. And I don't do it perfectly. <clears throat> I don't. I do think that having been consistent right out the gate like those first i don't know six to eight weeks did set me up to be able to go on vacation and you know be off be off track and still be okay um and i think that's kind of just the importance of the reverse right is to put yourself or position yourself such that you when you do decide to do something it doesn't completely erase anything else that you've already done so um i just want people to understand like i i share it for that reason it's not a, a look at me kind of thing but just to to help and to show what the transition and what that journey looks like hey, that's what we got some <laughs> you said what no it definitely it definitely does does help you know like i said i wasn't even sure I understood reverse. <laughs> I understood that's what I should be doing. But in terms of knowing, I'm sorry, yes. In terms of like understanding and knowing, like putting that visual to what you share with what I'm learning just made it all make sense and click. And I'm like, oh, shucks. Now I get it. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really cool to see it. So I'm happy that you you shared it, and I'm happy that Sean shares it, and whoever does share it. 
And yeah, it's cool. I have two parts though, like about um the secret when you mentioned that I pondered two things. I think to myself, like I don't post way too much about that's because I don't completely know and I don't want to share information that's not clear or would it be understood properly or taken in the right way so it's just like everybody can't do that <laughs> you know what I mean if that makes sense but it's great it's great that you guys are able to do it and also it's it's impactful for whomever sees it out there okay. at least I think so I think I so agree. I think how you share it if you do decide that you want to is it's going to be um individual to you if that makes sense so like again like how sean shared is like you know sharing your journey you never know who you may reach you never know who may resonate with you so even if you feel like it's not correct if you will it's still your journey it's still you sifting through the process and learning that process and that's why i kind of that's what I really love about our podcast and what we want to do with it is just showing like the real raw, like this is how I'm dealing with this, you know, good, right, wrong or indifferent. Um, and I think that still resonates with people because I know there's been plenty of times on my journey where I'm like, I know good and hell well, every single body out here is not just hitting their plan to a freaking T. Like, I know good and hell, I can't be the only one who's missing a meal or, you know, having to cut out 15 minutes of cardio because I got to go to bed because I work at like three in the morning. Like, am I really the only one who's like, you know, sometimes inconsistent because social media will make you feel like everybody's perfect now granted i'm sure there are some people that are like super duper type a that will you know but i i i fully believe that <laughs> i can't be the only one who misses the mark sometimes you know and and that's what i want people to get out of my journey that's what i want them to get out of the podcast if you will um if that presents itself the opportunity is that like you know, there's some people just aren't perfect, you know, and some people can't execute perfectly, but we do the best we can. And I think as long as you do the absolute best you can with what you have to work with, you know, that will and has to suffice for that time period or whatever time period that you're in. And so share the stuff, girl, share it. <laughs> On that note, I think we should definitely bring it to our final questions because I feel like yeah. that message right there is going to hit. I already know all the people that it's going to hit and <laughs> some more. <laughs> so since we're sharing, so, um, I have a question for you. And that is, what was the realest or rawest moment or emotion you experienced during your competitive journey? I feel like I've had many, to be honest. I think the moment I mentioned about, and I think maybe I talked about it more at CCTS, but 
about that 2019 national uh, competition where I was literally holding center. It felt like until the literal last second. And then I got moved out and into third. And that's probably out of all the shows that I've competed at was probably the most painful uh, loss, if you will. But it was also like the biggest motivating factor for me to get what I wanted. Um, And so I don't think I would have operated the way that I did when I was taking that forced um, off season if I hadn't experienced that. Outside of that, um, winning the overall at nationals, I think, and and everything that kind of transpired in the couple of weeks after that was a, a raw moment too, because it was like, <laughs> I cried so much that day. And like, I knew what I came there to do. I knew what I came there to get. I went there to get my pro card. I was not thinking about national. I mean, I was not thinking about it overall. And by the time, by the time we got to the overall segment, I wasn't even thinking that I was in the running. I'll be completely honest. Like, you know stuff because you were there. I'm yeah. texting you like, I what think is it? that was my rawest moment for you. She was like, yeah, I think I got second or third. I don't know. I don't think I got the pro, but I don't think I won. Like, yeah, you did. I didn't. I didn't know where I was spatially on the stage or anything. Like, I knew I wanted to win my pro card. I hoped. I was like, I went out there to show Sandy, like, you told me to do this. You told me to do this in San Antonio. You told me to do this in Sacramento. You can see me, Sandy. Like, that was my thought process. But then as after it all played out, like, spatially on the stage, I didn't know where I was. So, yeah, I texted Steph. I was like, I think I got you know, I think I got third because I felt like I was in the same spot as where I was in 2019 when I got moved out. And she's like, no, you didn't. I was like, all right, well, we'll we'll just see. And then come finals, like we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out where we're going to eat at. And then finals happen, the pro card happened. Um, I'm still thinking about food. Like how much longer is this going to take? Yes, I'm happy. I'm excited. You know, all of the feels. I hit that moment that I manifested and it felt exactly like what I thought, what I envisioned it feeling like. So it wasn't inauthentic by any sense of the the word because it was more of like, this shit is real. Like, it really happened. (laughs) It really happened the way that I envisioned it happening and dreamed about and thought about. But when overall came... I'm like, I'm ready to eat. They held us on stage what felt like forever. If you ever watch the playback, I'm just like so fidgety. Like at that point, I'm tired. I'm trying to keep my gut sucked in all of the things. And I'm like, I wish they would call somebody so we can get off the stage and go eat. Because now it's getting late. The only thing that's going to be open is BJ's. Like, <laughs> let's go. And then um, they, they, they called my name for the overall and I was like, holy shit. Like, no need to sure? <laughs> right. I was like, are you sure? Cause honestly and truthfully, um, and I say this all the time, like I don't remember what every single person looked like, but I definitely thought Marina 
was going to win the overall because like she looks amazing she looks good um she was uh she had more density than me and all of the things again i was thinking about food like let's wrap this up people <laughs> um i was just i was completely uh shocked with with the outcome but again just in that moment that final moment of taking the pictures and all of the things that's what i was thinking about in terms of like the manifesting and the envisioning and the knowing what i wanted to get um showing up on stage as a person that i wanted to show up as credit to you guys especially you telling me to look at the judges and just have my own little swag or whatever um but that was a it was a very real raw moment and i'll say quickly too um just a, a short story back when i was running track i think i was in ninth ninth grade or something like that i was pretty decent for having raw talent you know i was i was pretty fast um and i was running aau and i was telling my coach that i wanted to run track at the university of texas like i that's what i wanted to do and he told me that's an olympic qualifying track team like you're not going to make it there but we can help you find another you know another school to go to and at that moment my dreams were crushed my confidence in myself was crushed and as a teenager i didn't have the mental um toughness to be like well fuck you i'm gonna do it anyway you know i was like well damn if i can't be good enough to run at ut i must not be as good as i think i am and i kind of just my confidence and my abilities kind of just diminished for a long time. And so to come back around as an adult, still being in a competitive sport, if you will, um, to be able to have known that happened to me and I let it happen to me because I didn't have that mental toughness and to be able to build it and work through that and then become the person that's like, you know, I'm doing this and I'm getting it. Um, it was just a full circle moment for me and for that teenage version of me who lost all confidence in herself. So um, definitely going to be a core memory for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that was a, a turnaround for you in our adult years. And it's so unfortunate that sometimes for, I want to say most of us, it takes to this point for us to have that confidence in ourselves and to remind us that we really can do this. Forget what they said to just push through. Mm. But uh, thankful you're at this point. And I just got to quote Sean real quick. She won the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Still very surreal. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. Sean's emotions to that too is just, uh, I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. It had me, well, I was, we ain't gonna talk about me. Steph, talk about <laughs> back to our final question. <laughs> so what's the realest piece of advice that you can give? 
The realest piece of advice I can give, especially to people that want to compete or are competing, is to determine if you want to compete or if you want to be competitive. And either one is okay. You know, if you want to compete because it's a bucket list, I just want to get on stage or I just enjoy it, that's completely fine. Um, If you want to be competitive, I think that you must understand what that takes. You know, it, it's it's more than checking a box. Um, it's it's acting and behaving as if you know that you are going to be a top contender, and tailoring your mental processes, your life processes to becoming that person, becoming the person you need to be to be competitive. Um, And sometimes that happens in stages and phases and waves, you know, um, some days you may just want to compete. It may just be that season for you. In some seasons, you may want to be competitive, but just understand the difference between the two and what is going to be required to to achieve that. Well, on that note, thank you guys for joining us on the real raw rip. <laughs> yeah, with your hosts, myself, Yolanda, and Stephanie today, because our show was all about E, B Shane, Brandy, your new IFBB pro. <laughs> pro out here. Be, hopefully, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hopefully making her pro debut, manifesting her pro debut this season. Yes. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, before we go, let them know where they can find y'all. Oh, wait, no, pause. Before they go, more yeah, so back to you. Yeah, where they can find you. Your, your, any of your affiliates. Oh, yeah. So um, my top affiliate or, you know, sponsorship, obviously, is Sean's Couture. Um, I attribute a lot of my competitive success to working with Sean's Couture from um, posing to having the right suit to you know, be seen on stage to stand out and just learning what it means to be a competitor. Like Sean is definitely a one-stop shop in terms of um, being that competitive athlete, I think. So um, Sean is my suit maker. Sean is my posing coach. Um, Sean's Couture Cuties is where you can find her online. Um, if you do get a suit. All the fun stuff. Yes, all that when it comes to competing. If you do get a suit with her, mention us. Mention me, Brandy, Yolanda, Stephanie. Mention our three podcasts. Uh, Make sure you let her know that you heard it here from us first. Um, Outside of that, official Better Bodies. Um, I'm ambassador for Better Bodies. And right now for the month of March, if you are hearing this in March, let's hope they are doing a 50% off all women's leggings, no code needed. So go find you some really cute leggings for half price. Um, 
what else? Oh, the Shoe Fairy. I've been rocking the uh, the Strappy Olympian 2.0s, and oh my god, I am so happy I did that. So um, if you're like me and you need a shorter heel because you're just not a five inch heel shorty, go try those Strappy Olympians. You can use my code um, BSHANE for ten percent off, and I promise you, it's probably the best decision you'll ever make. Um, I think that's agreed. it. Anything else? Anything else I have? What'd you say? I said agreed. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else we could put down in the show notes? I can be found on Instagram. I am most active on my Instagram um, at b period Shane S H A N E underscore I F B B Pro. Um, if you want to follow my journey, if you want to follow my reverse journey or my journey, my road to pro debut, or if you want to see what um, what it's like to be coached by me or get information about being coached by me, all of that information is in my bio link tree. So you can find me there. What about y'all? Where can I was we- <laughs> What? <laughs> What'd you say? I that was so well done. Do mine over. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dog girl. Tell them where oh, we are. Oh, I did see that you put a. Oh, no. Wait. I'll probably say it wrong. Prozies? Prozies. Oh, yeah. Prozies. Prozies. Prozies? Oh, okay. Can y'all say it different? P R O Z I S. They no, are I mean, that nut butter, that white chocolate nut butter. You have to try it. Like, I find myself digging in the jar. I'm not even gonna lie, it's so good. <laughs> and their clothes are legit. So, uh, we'll post all of that stuff in the show notes for you if you're interested. Um, what else? R3, you can find Do you want my job because I'm pulling in by the spoon. <laughs> yes. I need to send it away. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh God. All right. Where you can find us, right? That's what we were just you were just mentioning. You can find us on the gram at the real raw real. Right? Second. Yeah. Keep it simple. The real raw real. No pun. Yeah. Right. No, no underscore, no anything, no periods, dashes. <laughs> Nope, it's straight up all one word, the real raw real. You can find us there. Um, if you enjoyed getting to know us and you want to continue to follow our journey, our podcasting journey, as we bring you the real raw real of competitors' journeys, um, follow us there to stay up to date. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified for the next one. We also will be getting up and running on YouTube as well, so that if you like the visual, versus the audio you have that opportunity to do that as well um but yeah keep rocking with us for sure and yolanda and stuff are going to tell us where they where you can find them too uh before we close this out so you can find me as well on instagram at gtgal6 no underscore yeah it's gtgyal6 Yes, I resonate. I was just about to tell you how to spell yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
So do that again. Do that again. The whole thing. <laughs> you want me to do it again? G T six. G T G Y A L yep. six. The number, not the word. Good. No. One yes, the number, not the word. <laughs> Yes, and myself, Yolanda, I am fit with you. I made it a little complicated, so I put F-I-T, period, W-I-T-H, period. And my first initial, U. No That's period. It. <laughs> I almost said period, but there's no period at the end of no that. Period. <laughs> no fit with you. All right, y'all. Let's call this a wrap. This was fun. And see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.